0: Now it's time to spend a few moments in the Goldman State. fun based journalism with zero carbs, calories, or social significance. I'm your host, Ed Goldman. You've been warned. When I first heard the term hot desking, I'm a little embarrassed to tell you what I thought it referred to. Let's just say hot desking sounded like using office furniture for a purpose neither God nor Herman Miller had intended. On further investigation, I discovered it was simply a workplace version of musical chairs, In this era of work from home mostly, hot desking means that on the days you deign, opt, or are ordered to come to the office, you have no assigned desk. You just prowl the cubicles until you find one that isn't dominated by someone else's personal paraphernalia. You know the office desk stuff, I mean. The photo of a golden retriever with a discouraged-looking duck in its jaws. A certificate of merit from Rotary International for exceptional attendance. An executive pen set from Target, because that's obviously where executives buy their office supplies. And a crayoned, chocolate-smudged card inscribed, Best grandma or boom ever. I did a story a few years ago for the Sacramento Business Journal about an architectural firm that created a hot-desking, by any other name, milieu, during the darkest days of the COVID pandemic. In a cavernous warehouse-like space, the firm had not only numerous and anonymous workstations, but also wheeled carts you could commandeer during your office stint to place your stuff—purse, briefcase, keys, golden retriever photo, executive pen set from Target, and so forth. It was very smart, industrious, and aesthetically very cool, but I remember how the layout reminded me too much of one of the disappointments of my college life versus my K-12 through school years. In college, I grabbed whatever desk was available when I staggered or crawled into the room, depending on whether it was an early morning or late afternoon class. But during the K through 12 years, I had an assigned seat, which usually had a flip-up desk cover or below-desk storage cubby. These allowed me to store the lunch bag I kept sneaking tidbits from all morning, or, as the teen dating years took over, binaka mouth spray, band roll-on deodorant, and store sample thimbles of musky manly cologne. It was my first fiefdom, and God help the scavenger who dared to steal my stash of Kit-Kat bars. Now, not everyone is sold on hot desking. A Ph.D. candidate at City University of New York, as excerpted in the Wall Street Journal, said this about hot desking. Quote, carrying work materials from place to place in campus buildings that were my workplaces made me feel like a visitor rather than a member of an academic community. End quote. Now, leaving aside the larger metaphysical query, aren't we all visitors on this planet? And it's all-important follow-up question, and has anyone seen my Samsonite suit bag? I find myself fighting the urge to tell the PhD candidate to just grow the hell up. You're already working and presumably living in an insulated, privileged environment. You're being forced to tote your little laptop from room to room doesn't really qualify as heavy lifting, pal. It sounds more like tiptoeing through the tulips, or in this case, the ivy. On the other hand, I'm not sure how I'd handle it every day if I needed to move into a new home office, which in my case would mean moving into a new home. That sounds like fun until you realize that none of the other places would have the same TV remote, coffee maker, security system code, or Wi-Fi password. In short, it would make hot desking a hot mess. Paging Herman Miller! My online column, The Goldman State, is posted every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you want to subscribe or learn more about me, though God only knows why, please head to goldmanstate.com and join us again for this companion podcast right here or wherever on earth you get your podcasts. Until then, on behalf of we four million and one podcasters, I'm Ed Goldman, and this is The Goldman State.